since you're at the movies, welcome. Great to have you. And uh, I'll just let you take a seat. That'd be really cool. Okay. And uh, I certainly don't want to talk over the top of anybody. <laughs> that would be being rude. <laughs> Outstanding. Hey, you know, um, the truth of the matter is whenever you, uh, you understand what God has done for you, um, when you're not just in your mind, you can sort of recite the, uh, the facts, but when you have that emotional, deep-seated sense of the redemption of God in your life, it literally changes you. And that's what we're going to see tonight. We're going to see how it, it transforms the human soul. When you understand how deep grace is in the heart of a man and in the heart of a woman, you kind of you kind of turn your back on the whole religion thing. The whole religion thing doesn't really matter so much anymore. When you get the extent of what God has done for you, you can't help but exhibit that. You can't help but give that away to other people. Um, in a few minutes' time, we're going to watch the first clip from uh, the movie Les Mis, and you're going to see a bishop, uh, a religious man, uh, and you're going to see a man who's not just a religious man, a man who has been changed. It's easy to sort of look at professional clergy in a sense and think to yourself, oh, well, you know, I guess uh, that's what you expect. But um, you're going to see a man who once was different than what we see. You're going to see a man who clearly has met the God of grace. And the God of grace has so changed his life that whoever he meets... He wants to be able to extend, he wants to be able to minister, to give the grace that God has given to him away. In the, in the, the clip, you'll see the bishop and of course you'll see the star of the show, Jean Valjean. Um, what has happened, just to give you a little bit of the background of the clip, Jean Valjean has just come out of prison. He served 19 years, he's an ex-con. Uh, his crime was stealing bread to feed his family. And, uh, and he was put in prison, hard labour for this for 19 years. Finally, he set free. He's angry. He's angry at the judicial system. Uh, he's angry at the world. He's angry at God. He feels let down by everybody. Let down by the system. Let down by the authorities. And ultimately, at some deep, seated level, I imagine he felt let down by God. He trusts no man. And uh, he's out on the street. He comes across this, this religious guy, this bishop, and he asks him. He never met him before, but he asks him if he could have a warm bed for the night. The bishop welcomes him in, gives him acceptance, gives him food, gives him a warm bed, and John Valjean replays the bishop's kindness in a rather cold and heartless way. What I want you to watch for in particular, and what I'm going to, when we debrief the clip in a moment, is I want you to watch for the candlestick, because this candlestick has, I believe, is the key to the clip that you're about to watch. Look at the screen.
anybody there? So we'll use wooden spoons. I don't want to hear anything more about it. I'm sorry to disturb you. You caught him. But I had my eye on this man. Oh, and... thank God. I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed... <laughs> That you gave it to him. Yes. Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madame Gillot, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God. You know, I think we get two concepts confused. I'm going to use this clip to really make a powerful point. The difference between mercy and grace. Mercy is when you don't get what's coming to you. Uh, give me mercy. It means I deserve something, but I don't get it. Grace, on the other hand, is when you get something that you don't deserve. Had the bishop said to the criminal, to Jean Valjean, um, just be on your way. I'm not going to sign a, uh, a, a warrant of arrest. As far as I'm concerned, keep the things and just get out of my sight. That might have been considered mercy. He didn't get what he deserved. He deserved, of course, to be uh, punished. He deserved to be arrested for his crime. But I, I want you to know what he got. He got grace. I, I asked you before the clip to note particularly the candlesticks because the candlesticks represent grace. Grace leaves you asking the question, what, why, what, why, why would you do this? What, what, what's going on here? If you truly understand 
the grace that God has given to you. As I said earlier, you cannot help but be transformed. Grace is so much more than forgiveness. You know, we walk around, we think, well, I'm forgiven for my sin. You know, I've, I've received mercy. I deserve to be punished for what I've done, but I'm not being punished. My punishment has been taken from me through the death on the cross of Jesus Christ. But it is so very much more. If you can just contemplate the candlesticks. He didn't deserve the candlesticks. He didn't even steal the candlesticks. But the candlesticks represent grace. They represent a new identity. You see, I'm just not forgiven of my sin. I'm called a child of God. I'm just not let off the hook. I'm actually part of the body of Christ, the redeemed, the beloved. That is not what I am. It's who I am. Jesus Christ has given to me the candlesticks. And when you get them, and when you understand that, not just at some kind of intellectual level, you know, not just you've, you've learned, you know, one plus one equals two, God's grace means I'm saved. No, no, no. When you understand what that man experienced, the Bible says to whom much is given, um, much is loved. And, and so many times we don't really comprehend and understand what it is that we have been given. If you're in this room tonight and you're a Christian, you have been given the candlesticks. You've been given so much more than you comprehend, understand, certainly deserve. That God hasn't just forgiven you of your sin. God has called you his child. God has raised us up and seated us in heavenly places. Now there's a test for this, whether or not you've received this. Whether or not you understand this. And of course the test is found in your ability to give it. freely you have received freely give and and you might be able to say oh yeah no I know that I know that well then let me ask you this how does your life represent the giving of the candlesticks how do you go when people mistreat you when people do the wrong thing by you do you rejoice in justice do you rejoice in them getting their just desserts well because you've received what you have received is there a sense in which You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Kind of like they've taken something, you just give them more. They've taken what was most precious to you and you've given them more. That's the result of understanding the grace of God in your life. Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. He says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sin against them. That's exactly what that man did. He didn't count his sin against him, but changed his identity. And now he's committed to us, Paul goes on and says, and he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. There are two messages in that little video clip, really. One is, have you received the candlestick? And the other is, are you passing it on? Do you, have you really received the grace of God so deep in your heart that it becomes second nature for you that when you're in that situation you pass on if you think people go to heaven or hell based on their behavior you have no idea of the grace of God if you think people get their just desserts and there's a sense of satisfaction deep within you when that happens 
You don't know the grace of God. You, you might have religion. You might be saved. You might even have some kind of understanding of Jesus. But that revelation, that appreciation of the grace of God is still to be brought about in your heart. And we're going to watch another, another clip now, which is, in my opinion, more powerful than that one. We're going to see a woman whose name is Fatine. And um, Fatine gets herself pregnant to a young man who had promised to marry her. And when she finds out that she's pregnant, he takes off and leaves her to a life of shame. This was a world, this is a, couple, this is a few hundred years ago in terms of the culture that it's set. This was a world where unmarried mothers were cast out, you understand? So what she does is she hides her baby from the world so that no one knows that she's an unwed mother and she gets a job in a town um, in a factory she works her fingers to the bone so she can earn enough money to buy medicine to uh, keep her baby alive but what happens is that um, the, the, the factory is owned by the mayor of the city and his floor foreman finds out that she's an unmarried mother and he casts her out and so she's in a position now where she can't get the medicine to keep her child alive she has no job and in this particular culture she does the only thing uh, a hopeless woman can do to get any kind of um, finance at all and she sells her body she becomes a prostitute uh, it was forced upon her and then this particular day she's walking across the, the town square and some of the young men start you know teasing her and carrying on and pushing her around and she fights back and she pushes back and because she's a nobody, because she has no social standing, she's the one who is arrested. I want you to watch this clip because this clip is very powerful. What, what I want you to look, look, at, look for two things because this bespeaks of your life and of my life. And I, I hope that the gravity of this screen can bring revelation to your heart there there's a man in the shadows I want you to consider the man in the shadows and I want you to consider the resistance of the law to let her go watch the screens have I taken to the prison you'll get six months six months what about Cosette what'll happen to her who is Cosette my daughter if I don't send the Thenardier's money, they'll turn her out. Is your daughter here in Vigo? No, sir, she lives with... Then she's not my concern. <laughs> Inspector! In Inspector! In Inspector, please listen to my side. I know I hit the gentleman, I know I was wrong. But do they have the right to put snow down my dresses, especially when it's the only one I have and I need it for work? I'm sorry. I don't mean to argue. It won't happen again. Inspector, please. Please be merciful. All right. I've listened to your side. You're still getting six months. Not even the eternal father. Yeah, get One time. moment, Inspector. Monsieur Le Maire? It is you. You did this to me. You fired me. You slut! Let her go. What? 
Let me explain, Inspector. I was crossing the square when you arrested her. I asked people what had happened, and they said it was entirely the fault of the men who attacked her. In fact, they should be under arrest. Now that you've had this new evidence, I, I want you to release her. He said I can go. He is the mayor, isn't he? Well, I'll be going then. I won't be any bother to anyone. Sergeant, who said she could go? I did. I am the final judicial authority here in Vigo, and I say she is innocent. <coughs> she spat on you. She was upset. I forgive her. She insulted you. In front of my men, she defiled you. That's my concern, Inspector. No, sir, you were wrong. You, Monsieur Le Maire, are the personification of order, morality, government. In fact, the whole of society. You don't have the right to forgive her for debasing all of us. You don't have the authority to destroy justice. I do have the authority, Inspector. Under Articles 9 and 11 of the Criminal Code, I can order her release. Sergeant, she is free to go. I cannot allow that, Monsieur. I was there. She attacked him. The decision is mine. She's free. She will not go free while I am in charge of this post. In that case, Inspector, under Article 66, you are relieved of command until tomorrow morning. Monsieur Le You were dismissed. Inspector, leave. Now. you can see what happened to Jean Valjean. <laughs> His life's transformed. He was an ex-con, he was a prisoner, he trusted nobody. He's now the mayor of the city. And the grace that he so freely received, he's passing on. And how many in this room know that the law is inflexible? The law rejoices in justice. It loves the idea that just desserts are meted out. And, and what I, I want you to try to comprehend is that every single person in this room is represented in that woman. That woman is you. Now you might say, well, I'm not a prostitute and I've never whatever, whatever. No, that's possibly true. But the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so you might not consider yourself, you know, socially on the level of a prostitute, but from God's point of view, that, that's really a moot point doesn't really matter what matters is that you understand that that's you on the screen up there and that justice has got you pinned and that you deserve the punishment being meted out now the truth is every one of us do exactly what she did but 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 it's not fair but you need to understand they hit me first but but you know you but but and all the explanation in the world never changes the mind of justice. No matter how much you blame everybody else for your, you know, uh, misdeeds, for your misgivings, no, no matter how much you, you, you look at others and go, well, I'm not as bad as they are. I'm not as bad as she is. She's a prostitute. I'm not a prostitute. No, no matter how much you try to offload, blame, point the finger, the law still comes back and haunts every single one of us. Under the law, we are all doomed, folks. That's the message that you have to understand. Not one of us in this room are innocent. Not one of us in this room can justify ourselves to the point where we are, 
we get out of the sentence. But did you notice the man in the corner of the room? I hope you did because he had authority. You know who he represents, don't you, in your life? He represents the one who has all authority in heaven and earth. The Bible tells me that Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and earth. And the key player in this whole story who now goes from representing, if you will, us to representing Christ, now is representing Jesus. He's taken upon himself the ministry of reconciliation. You know the whole story of redemption, and this woman was redeemed, right? She was brought back. She was at the point of being put in prison. She wouldn't be able to pay for her child. Her child would probably die, whatever, whatever, and disaster would continue. Other than one man who stepped into the fray and who said, I set her free. I say she's not guilty. Did you know that this is the story? It's not just the story of this movie. It's probably the story of most movies, isn't it, in a way? All movies tend to start off in paradise. You know, everything's going really good, and then all of a sudden, bad comes in, evil comes in, and we need somebody to take us back to good, and then someone steps up. You know, it might be a hero. It might be Superman. It might be one of the Justice League. It might be the star of the show. And he'll come in, and he'll restore order in the earth. That's how pretty much all movies go, because that's the story of life. See, we started off in a pristine uh, Garden of Eden and then sin entered and destroyed the perfection of the world in which we lived in and we needed a hero. We needed a superhero. We needed a star. We needed, we needed someone who would come and set things back to the way they were and that's what Jesus Christ did. Amen. <laughs> See, I asked you to, to, to note how the law didn't want to let her go. And the law argued with the, the Redeemer, with, 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 the, with the one who was saying she's free, saying you have no right. And that goes on in your life. That goes on in my life, where we feel condemned and we feel, well, I'm not worthy. We feel I don't make the great. We feel I'm not good enough. And what's going on in your life was exactly what you saw going on in the screen there. Even though the law has no authority anymore, because one with more authority has stepped into the, into the room. It still argues. It doesn't want to let you go. It, it, it doesn't want to see you free. Despite the fact that uh, Paul writes in um, Romans chapter 8, and verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, despite the fact that there is therefore now no condemnation. In other words, there's no accuser. There's nobody to say, You're guilty in Christ. You are free. Go, be free. We still have that sense of, Oh, yes, but you know, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not good enough yet. Maybe I haven't quite got there yet. Maybe, I don't know who in this room, but I'm sure there are many people in this room who actually struggle walking out of that room free. Because the, the, the law stands there and says, no, you can't go. No, you're guilty. No, you must stay where you are. And Jesus says, no, you're free to go. You're free to go. You're free to go. And, and, and I, I hope tonight that that, that that theme, that message, sears deep into your heart and you're free to go. You are free to go. Once you've received God's grace, you do become a, a new person. 
Um, you are, uh, 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 when God's grace comes into your life, you are me- immediately transformed. Um, Paul talks about how the old is gone, the new has come. It happens immediately. The old passes away. Behold, all things have become new. That's your legal position. That's your spiritual standing, if you will. But there's another thing that takes place, and it, it, it tends to take a little bit of time. And that is, you're transformed. Um, this particular chap uh, in the last video was some hooded criminal, right? He trusted nobody. He would take from anybody if it meant gain for himself. He was all about number one. And then what happened was he came in contact with the grace of God and he couldn't resist it because the grace of God is irresistible. How many know today that religion is resistible? How many know today that the church is resistible? But how many know that the grace of God is irresistible? See, this man came face to face with the grace of God and it was irresistible in his life. He could not resist it. It so affected him, so changed him that he was transformed from this dirty uh, hooded criminal into a grace uh, administrating mayor of the city he was transformed this girl for teen had fallen had fallen so far and she become this prostitute but John Valjean there living his new life he'd been loved into transformation by the bishop looks for now how he can love others in his ministry of reconciliation I want you to watch this next clip. In this next clip, we're going to see an interchange between Jean Valjean, uh, who is the, the type of Christ, if you will, and, um, and the girl who, in a sense, represents us. And uh, he, he says some amazing things to her uh, that were revolutionary that I, I want you to comprehend tonight. So I really want you to listen to what he says to her as we watch the next clip. Thanks. You didn't have to fire me. Close it down. I have to get you some trice. It's all right. There'd be no charge. You deserve it. But I don't understand. Why are you being so kind? I was preoccupied. She can't live with me. Of course she can. She will. 
She'll attend the school and you won't have any more worries. When you're better, I'll find work for you. But you don't understand. I'm a whore. And Cosette has no father. She has the Lord. He has her father. And you're his creation. His eyes, you've never been anything but an innocent and beautiful woman. She, she sees herself as a whore, and he sees her as a beautiful woman. Um, he whose identity had been changed is now changing the identity of others. He reminds her that God is in her story. And I just think that's so interesting because God's in your story. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? Sometimes we think stuff happens. Sometimes we think we've messed it up. Sometimes we think maybe I can't get it back. Sometimes we think, you know, uh, what, what, what does the future hold? Is it going to be okay? Am I going to be all right? And we forget the profound thought that God is in our story. And God is in your story. God was part and parcel of you being here tonight, strangely enough. God was positioning you where you are and the time that you live in. God was in this woman's story. How could God be in this woman's story? She was a prostitute. Does God cause people to, to be prostitutes? Is that what God does? People make decisions. There's no doubt of that. But no matter how diabolical the decision a person makes, and no matter how you know, maybe even justified they might have felt in making that decision, God doesn't judge. God doesn't, doesn't leave their story. Even if they become a prostitute, God doesn't leave their story. God, God continues to work. God continues to draw them. God, God continues to bring people into their, uh, into their lives and, and, and along their pathways. And Fortunately for this woman, God had a person, the, the mayor of the city, Jean Valjean, who, who, who then took his own resources. Well, they weren't his resources. He understood they were God's resources. And he, he took some of his resources and he, he paid so that that woman's child could be brought to her. And, and then he, because he has the ability and, and factories and the like, he's going to make sure that she has a job and make sure that a child can live with her. And, and, and there's a sense in which this woman's life, she feels redeemed. She feels like she gets a second chance. And I can't help but think that what you have just seen was what Jesus meant when he said this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. The world will know that you belong to the God of grace. Not because of the accuracy of your theology. Not because you've got the Trinity down pat. You can describe that. Not because of the depth of your knowledge. Not because you can quote scripture or you can define old new testament in terms of the years that they were written in and their authors and no 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 the world will know that you're a christian because of the love that you have for one another and where does that love come from it's not just oh well i guess i'm a christian i suppose you're love 
No, no, I, I believe what Jesus was saying there was that because you have, res- the world will know that my grace is alive because you just can't help but purvey that grace because you've received that grace. The grace is so profound, it is so broad, it is so wide, it's so powerful in your life that when the inevitable happens and people do the wrong thing by you, and it will happen, maybe it's happened this week, (laughs) and and people let you down and it will happen, and people treat you unfairly and unjustly and it does happen, and more often than not those people are close, aren't they? More often than not they're people maybe within the confines of your own family. And what do you do? There is this amazing grace that this guy, when he looked at her, he didn't see a whore. He didn't see a prostitute. He saw a beautiful and wonderful woman made in the image of God. And I wonder when you look at maybe the nemesis of your life, when you look at the people who have wronged you or the people who you prefer you know, weren't in this world, what do you see? Do you see a liar? Do you see a deceiver? What do you see? Or do you see somebody made in the image of God? Do you see a beautiful woman? Do you see a handsome, strapping man? Do you see somebody who carries the image of God? What do you see? I don't, look, I don't think you can see it if you haven't first received the grace of God. I, I don't think it's a matter of, you need to do this. I don't think it's a matter of trying to conform into this and you know, try, try to do better. I don't think you can do any better. I think you're doing pretty well. I, I don't think this has got anything to do with your ability to recalibrate how you view people. I think this has got everything to do with the understanding of what God has done in your life and how God's, you, your perception of how God sees you. How you've received it becomes how you can give it. And I, I think sometimes, and to be really frank with you folks, I think sometimes, you know, we, we get caught up playing church, playing religious games, just doing the stuff trying to get noticed or trying to get ahead or trying to get our, you know, our, 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 our name in lights in life or whatever it might happen to be. And, 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 and we can get so focused on our own agenda, so focused on our own kind of ambition, if you will, that we lose sight of what God has done in our life. That's what this is all about. It's about not losing sight of the candlestick. It's about not losing sight of the grace. How do you respond like that when someone spits you at you in the face for something over which you knew nothing about? He didn't know that he'd sacked, that his foreman had sacked her, yet he was ultimately accountable. He's the boss, sure. But how do you respond in such grace? You can't respond in that kind of grace without having received a vivid portrayal of that grace in the depth of your heart. Without knowing that God is in your story. And I want you to know tonight that God is in your story. Sometimes we get fearful. Sometimes we, we get a little uh, insecure. Sometimes we get a little uncertain about the future because we've lost sight that God has brought us here 
And God has brought us here to take us on, folks. God hasn't brought you here to ridicule you, to make fun of you, to see you go nowhere. God has brought you to a point because he's, he's, he's bringing you on a journey somewhere. And God has got something really powerful, really wonderful in store for you. This in, incredible movie of the redemption and the grace of God leaves us with two possible responses. The first response is, have I received it? Has that grace entered into my life? Did I realize that whilst I was spitting on God, whilst I was sticking my finger in his eye and dialing a number, you know, (laughs) whilst I turned my back on him, whilst I didn't want anything to do with him, he died for me. Do I understand the depth of the grace that I have received? If you've not received that grace, then you need to receive it. Why would you not receive it? If someone came with um, silver candlesticks worth 2,000 francs, I don't know what that would be worth today. I imagine quite a lot of money. And said, here, take this. I want you to have it. It's yours. Who's going to go, no, I couldn't. I know I don't want it. If you've not received it, then you need to receive it. And stop just, you know, um, paddling in the shallows. I want to receive that incredible grace. Now, if you've received that grace, then, my friend, what an opportunity you have to be a dispenser of that grace and to dispense that grace to this person and that person and this person. The people in this room and of course the people outside, the people in your life. The people who have done right by you but more than that, the people who have done wrong by you. The people whose presence you find difficult to cope with. You have to extend grace to them. Now I don't know about you but I'm challenged personally. I'm challenged by this. I, I watched this time and time again this week and I was so challenged by this story, so challenged by it personally that I know I have to extend grace to you know, people, individuals, a person, <laughs> let's be frank, a person who I'd prefer not to. I'd prefer not to see them. I'd prefer not to talk. But I know I have to. I know I have to go beyond what is fair and just in my law-based mind and I have to extend grace and I want the guys to join me up here if the musicians and singers want to come I want us to bow our heads we're going to pray Lord I pray for everybody in this room who's challenged by this message of amazing grace to become a purveyor of grace themselves to become one who doesn't just receive it but one who gives it and maybe is we've been talking tonight and as you watch those clips tonight maybe you know exactly what you have to do maybe you know exactly who you have to talk to and uh, I do I do and maybe uh, you need maybe prayer would help you it would certainly help me so I'm going to pray for those who have been challenged frankly to extend grace to a person not just to people but to a person if, if that's you and you go yeah I, I, I need to do that then just while our heads are bent and eyes are closed here we're just in a moment of reflection I, 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 I'm the first to admit I'm, I'm in but if you're also in I want to include you in this prayer that I'm about to pray. 
So I know to include my prayer. Just give me a wave and go, yeah, I, I need that. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Father, you've seen all the hands that have gone across this place. How easy it is for us to miss your amazing grace. <laughs> and it's like we sing about it all the time. We talk about it all the time that it's lost almost its power and significance in our life. So Lord, tonight as it's been portrayed so vividly in these, these pictures, Father God, I pray that you'd help us to flow in that stream, to flow in that amazing grace of the people who are in our world.